The date is August 14th, 2020, and we're finishing listening to I Used to Like This One, The Lost Pilot. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. Welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells, and with me, as always, is the man who's been with me throughout this whole year's journey. Hello, I'm Colin Stewart. And this week, we close out our retrospective and stay tuned at the end because we have our first annual Onesies Awards. So without further ado... Let's just finish out this this look back at our lost pilot. But yeah, and, and we also have uh, in here uh, everyone talking to the reporters at once. And this is one that, you know, I, I tried to make sure that I got your reaction. I wanted your reaction to be genuine because I know you had never seen the movie before. But this is one where I had to, you know, give you a little spoiler and, and so that you could be on the same page. Data Data is speaking to reporters and he talks about fighting an octopus. Yeah. And and it is something that's in the deleted scenes of my DVD. The The funny thing is, it, it's probably been I don't know, 15. 15 20 years since i've seen this movie i don't think i've ever watched all the special features on my dvd no because i actually i did google this because i wanted to see what they were talking about apparently uh sometimes when it's shown on tv the octopus scene is shown, put in okay but yeah i i realized that oh it is actually on my dvd i guess i've just never watched it this was my first time watching this dvd or yeah. the, this uh sorry this uh this particular scene but yeah i told you to google it <laughs> yeah the octopus scene is real how, how terrible yeah, so I watched it on YouTube, and I was like, I was expecting, I don't know, I don't even know what I was expecting. I was expecting more. It's essentially just this, like, thing pops up behind Steph. Bright, bright pink, yeah. It's not even, they don't even fight, really. It's just there, and then it kind of moves away. Well, that's when, well, Mouth, Mouth, uh, Mouth dives under the water, and for some reason puts a Walkman in its mouth. And this is enough to make it swim away. Yeah. And, and the scene itself is like 90 seconds long. So uh, th- this this scene was actually supposed to be after they come out of the uh, the slides and see the ship. Yeah. This scene is supposed to be on their way to the ship. And it's just one of these that it's just it, it's inexplicable why they thought that even looked good. Well, this is that I watched an interview with Sean Astin where he talks about it, and he's like somebody. It was at a comic convention, and somebody asked him a question about it, and he was just like, "It sucked." He was like, "It's not." He was basically said, "He's like, it's not in the movie because it it sucks." And then and then he went on to talk about like something that I it really on the second watch like kind of informed my view of the movie. But he was saying like he's never been of a part a part of a movie where. It was just they were so like nonchalant about things. Like when you watch the movie, there's so many small. Like he was talking about at one point he actually he accidentally calls Josh Brolin Josh yeah. instead of Brand, yeah. and they just keep that in the movie. Yeah. And there's a part where uh, Chunk is. Well, there's a scene in Star Wars where uh, where Mark Hamill calls Carrie Fisher Carrie too. Yeah. So. And there's a part where like Chunk says something, and you can hear you can hear Richard Donner laughing. But oh, they do, they just they just keep it in, and 
And it was just the lack of, there's so many like continuity things. Yeah. And I think a lot of the plot holes are like, that's what I'm picking up on. But he said, he's like, I think they were just high, like for the majority of the time <laughs> that they were making the movie that, and he was saying like, nowadays you could never get away with that. And that might contribute to why there hasn't been a Goonies too, because you could just not create a movie with that lack of supervision. Well, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with a movie with a whole bunch of kids, and and I think filming it in sequence was probably something that also helped was, you know, yeah. you're not really worried about continuity. It's just like, okay, no, just run with it, just go, and, you know, because whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got some more really weird, awkward sexual tension between... Uh, that had to between be... Between Steph and... <laughs> that had to be the worst... The most awkward scene. Yeah, you you you'd look good if it wasn't for your face. Wow, mouth. Wow, that's like probably the dirtiest thing you've said the whole show. You know what's also so awkward about that scene is you watch him put his hand on her shoulder. Like it was too early. He puts his hand on her shoulder, and then they're still talking. <laughs> yeah. And then the way they're talking, it really looks like they're gonna kiss. Yeah. And then they just go in for this awkward hug, and. Man, uh, and actually, I, I realized I also didn't mention that when Rosita saves the day, I mean, she's she's jammering away in Spanish about you know what she found in the bag, and and of course Melp is sitting there trying to translate, and so this goes back to the point that we made earlier about you know well does he actually know? Yeah, because he figures no out sign, that she's no trying sign? to say don't yeah, sign like, it. Yeah, so you know his his, uh, his Spanish is really good when he's talking about where to put the heroin, but <laughs> but as soon as uh, as soon as you want to talk about uh, don't sign the contract, you know that's when uh, that's when his Spanish fails him. Yeah, and then we've got a final uh, hero shot shot of the ship out on the ocean, which uh, is another one of those that didn't hold up. And boom, cue Cindy Lauper once more for the encore of the Goonies are good enough. <laughs> where the video is absolute lunacy. Um, I feel like that's one that uh, would be worth posting on our social medias. Uh, you know, that in the octopus scene. That, uh, you know, that octopus scene, it's just, I, yeah, it's just bad. I, I just don't understand why it's so short, you know? And, yeah. you know, like, even if the octopus had made a comeback after they had walked the plank, okay, at least that's a reason to be scared of walking the plank. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I yeah, don't that, that would have made... That actually would have made more sense with the walking the plank. Why it was dangerous to walk the there plank? Go, if there was yeah. some sort of threat, like I mean, sharks the, or the, something. The, the moment leading up to before the big reveal of the octopus was kind of fun because it's uh you know Steph thinking that Mouth is just picking at her or you know like being a little twerp and so that that was fun and then it turns out to be the octopus. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So so that's uh that's the Goonies. Colin, you saw it for the first time. What what do you actually? <laughs> What is your opinion of the Goonies? Like, you know, it, it is a family movie, as dark and offensive as it can, as it is in places. It, it is still considered a family movie, so you kind of have to take the older brain out of it and, and watch it as. Uh, yeah, I th- like. I still, I thought it was good. I didn't think there was anything like super offensive or super crazy. Like as a movie and as a story, I felt like it held up really well. Mm-hmm. I just think it's one of those. things movies where I don't hold it in like a high regard. Like I, I, when I watched it, I felt like this was something I needed to watch when I was younger. Like it was something I needed to have watched when I was a kid and like had, had had, the the nostalgia. Yeah. Had it been, had it been closer to my reality. Cause I mean, there's lots of movies I remember watching when I, what is he was younger that 
I watch them now and I think, oh, like, it's, man, it's whatever, but yeah. I still, it has a place in my heart. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, I can look back and I can, it's one of those things like, I wish I would have watched it back then, but I can see, I can see why people love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, so. see, yeah. I mean, I I look at it as yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I I do remember it, and I, I remembered it fondly. Yeah, I I would agree that it still kind of holds up. There are definitely problematic elements, uh, some special effects that could be updated, but but you know, in, until you poke the world's biggest hole in it ever. Um. <laughs> well, I think I was to, the, to your point with the effects. I think. As bad as the effects are, I the one thing I really appreciate when I watch movies from that era is that like I love the practical effects that they do mm-hmm. and and that kind of, and even all the sets and how how big they were and that kind of stuff. Absolutely, and the 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 model ship or sorry, model ship the the ship set. I mean, it was a full ship. It yeah. was you know it was all a practical location. They they didn't go to a they didn't go to a separate soundstage for the interior of the ship. What they built was, you know, mm-hmm. was all used. And, you know, unfortunately, no one even bought the ship afterwards. Apparently, some of the sails went to... So, some of the materials ended up going to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. But the, most of the ship was just scrapped, which is... It's it's devastating to think that. that yeah. you know, like, it, it was a beautiful set. All the practical stuff is great. Yeah, it was just those few blue screen things that yeah. they tried to do that just really, really didn't hold up. You know, you're, you're making Superman fly was better than holding up the medallion to, yeah. to look at the islands. One thing I didn't mention earlier, the, the actual tagline for Goonies... Uh, <laughs> these these are usually just the short little brief uh, things that are on the posters. Uh, the tagline for the Goonies is, they call themselves the Goonies, the secret caves, the old lighthouse, the lost map, the treacherous traps, the hidden treasure, and sloth. Join the adventure. Um, <laughs> um, that that kind of gives a little bit away. <laughs> that's a synopsis, not a log <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's kind of fun to compare that to the sixty second synopsis you gave at the top because yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all of it right there. So on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, we've got uh, the critic review is a seventy five percent on the tomato meter. Uh, we've got a 91%, 91% audience. That has to just be nostalgia. That's totally nostalgic. Yeah. (laughs) That, that is, I used to like this one. That is the title of this show. That is those people that go, yeah, you can't say anything bad about Goonies, but they probably haven't seen it in forever. IMDb gives it a 7.8 out of 10. So, Colin, I don't remember. What episode was it? Was it Demolition Man? Was that the first time? Episode 7? Was that when we did reviews for the first time? Somewhere around there. I don't know. I felt like it was later than that. I, th- I thought it was in, like, the t- epi- like around episode 20 that we started... Maybe that we started doing it consistently. We might have... I feel like there was a time where we were toying with segments and kind of did mm-hmm. different things sporadically. So maybe we did it that early, but... Yeah, I remember it being later. Yeah, well, whenever it was, I know it's something that was definitely not in our original Goonies episode, and it's definitely not in this one. So I think just because it's one of the segments that has become part of the show that we've kept because we love it so much, 
I think you need to make like a boxing glove on a spring hitting yourself in the face and hit us with some reviews. All right. Claire S., 4.5 out of 5 stars said this movie was my childhood. Almost every other week it was me and the Goonies finding the treasure. It never got old. The humor is on point and the story is great. And I always wanted to try the Oregon water slide. Because <laughs> it looks so much fun! <laughs> yeah. This is a, a bit of a weird one, so bear with me. Urania S. gave the movie 5 out of 5 stars and says... I was always bugging my old work for a family channel. Alas, we were really focused in the boobs and butts of the music industry, despite any <laughs> progressiveness this country may be facing as a whole. The bottom feeders are still focused on bottoms. If we had a family channel, this would be the movie we'd want to license. Despite my lack of interest in censorship, showing the underage Andy's panties in the car scene is a creeper's town from Spielberg, and the family can't have that anymore. I don't care about catering to teenage audiences. When an old man is shooting a girl's crotch in an otherwise family-friendly film, the issue, no matter how brief, pun intended, is a huge mistake and really <laughs> gross. Sorry, Stephen. We're wide awake in the family these days. Have you ever heard the story out there about Sharon Stone? saying that she had no idea that they were going to be filming her crotch. And it's like, you'd have a big old movie camera right in the crotch. But <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, my only question at that review is, who is the family? I don't understand. <laughs> First L gives the movie three and a half out of five stars, says, certainly iconic and overrated. I liked this Sean will enjoy this. I liked The Monster Squad way better. <laughs> Overall, thanks to the competent direction by an experienced Donner and a cast with some future stars, Brolin, Aston, but it is too cheesy and maybe not enough campy to validate the classic status it has. The obvious comparison, again, is The Monster Squad. And the key difference is, in the latter, there's always the sense of real danger for the kids, while in The Goonies, the sensation of urgency and danger is completely diluted thanks to Spielberg, Disney-esque production company having all its footprints over the film. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that when you watched The Monster Squad, you made the same comparison. So, of course, you like mm -hmm. Goonies more. But it is definitely the right comparison. <laughs> yeah. Rotten Tomatoes super reviewer Eugene B. says, 4 out of 5 stars. What it lacks in script, it more than makes up for in grand, perilous structure and heartwarming adventure. The Goonies is a classical combustion of laughter, discovery, and booty. I mean, booby traps. The cast and sequences are just as memorable and dynamic as its storytellers in Spielberg, Donner, and Columbus. <laughs> uh, that's two people that liked pointing out the booty and the boobs or whatever. Oh, well, I guess that other one, yeah. kind of. Kind of. Okay, Google reviewer Vincent Ribeiro says, Being born in 2000, this movie wasn't big in my time. However, I remember watching it for the first time on TV during Christmas. Don't ask me why it was playing during Christmas, but it always seems to be. Ever since the first time I watched it, I fell in love with the movie, the story, and the characters. Since then, I watch it all the time and show it to my friends who have never seen it. It is truly an amazing film and will live forever. I wonder why it's always playing at Christmas, too. <laughs> is it always playing at Christmas? I, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it is, <laughs> according to that guy. Yeah. 
Stephen Bradley says, five out of five stars. I've watched this movie close to 500 times minimum. I watched it as a young six-year-old when it came out and now still watch it with my son, but it has started to remind me how old I actually am. The movie is funny from start to finish with the story of finding treasure, young kids' adventures in the 80s. What more do you want? 10 out of 10 from me, but only two people found that helpful. <laughs> right on. Where do you fall, Colin? What, what, if you if you were to hop on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, is the is the I, I would critic get, rating? More I would, I would probably lean. I would probably lean more to the critic rating. Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, for Rotten Tomatoes, that's a pretty high critic rating for a movie 75? like for a movie like this. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? Steven like Spielberg. I mean that that could be a uh, part of it. Is you know I I'm you know and and part of it is the fact that it was reviewed in 1985. Yeah. I mean, I think back to my parents having to sit through this and just think, wow, you know, I. <laughs> yeah, I just think, I think it's a fun, a fun movie. It's, it is. And that's fun. really all, it's all you want it, all you want it to be. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's 7.8 out of 10 or yeah, the, the critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, I think that's fair. I, I think, I think 91% is definitely uh, extremely high. Do you think like in the age of reboots that, the Goonies is a movie that could be rebooted. Oh God, I hope not. I, I, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the other thing that, you know, inspires, inspires this show is the fact that there are so many reboots and remakes. Yeah. And, I just don't think it would work in a modern setting. No, I, I what? Everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, you know, they're down at the bottom of the well. Oh shit. I don't have service. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, and even even like because we were talking about like the possible sequels and stuff, and I was reading like interviews with Spielberg and and, and Richard Donner and stuff, and it's they keep saying like they come up with an idea, but it like doesn't hold water, and I feel like the reason it doesn't hold water is because. Yeah, you could bring all the Goonies back as, like, parents and stuff. Yeah. But you'd have to contrive some situation where they all, like, went to a place without cell service and had no... Yeah. Co- couldn't contact anybody. Yeah. And it's just... That is such an impossible thing to imagine. That's true. In the modern era. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, unless it was the parents that are nostalgic for their childhood and decide that, uh, today's going to be a screen-free free day, you know, we're going to lock yeah. them all in the box. That, Yeah, that would be the only way that you'd be able to pull something off like this. Because, I mean, this is... This is that Stranger Things time. This is this is the you know ET time. Kids riding on their bikes. Kids mm-hmm. just showing up at uh, zip lining into yeah. your house <laughs> if if you're data. But yeah, it's just people just showing up and and so it it does seem like a, a tough story to try to pull off in the 21st century as opposed to you know back in 1985. Okay, well that is Goonies. If you like that show, one thing you can help uh, us out with would be to give us five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. Five stars really helps us out on the business end. Uh, we would appreciate that. You know, and uh, until next week, when we watch something new that we remember fondly from our uh, childhood, I'm Sean Wells. I'm Colin Stewart. And thank you for uh, joining us on I Used to Like This One. The date is July 31st, 2021, and we are celebrating the first annual Onesie Awards. Welcome to I Used to Like This One.
Hello and welcome to the first annual Onesies Awards. Now this is not our normal broadcasting that we're doing right now. We are in fact doing an award show that takes a look back at us. I am your host, Sean Wells, and with me, as always, is my co-host... Hello, I'm Colin Stewart. And today, we are excited because we are also joined by some of the people that have guest starred on our show over the last 52 episodes. Some of these voices you'll recognize if you've been an avid listener of I Used to Like This One. So with the Onesies Awards, think Academy Awards, think Emmys, think Grammys... We are looking back at our first year as a podcast, and we have created categories that relate to the movies that we have covered on this show. We've brought in guests, we've sent out these ballots for previous guests, and some of the top listeners on our show, and some of the people that are mentioned in our show notes to vote on, and the votes are in. So let's get to the first annual Onesies Awards! Alright, I'm going to kick things off here with our first category, Most Unique Take on a Movie. The nominees are Del Griffith is a Vampire in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Willy Wonka is a Psychotic Murderer in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, The Fight Club Theory, Ferris is a Figment of Cameron's Imagination in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Daniel LaRusso is the antagonist of the movie in Karate Kid, or Peter McAllister in Lethal Weapon is related to Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. And the award goes to... Fight Club Theory. Ferris is the figment of Cameron's imagination. Right on. So we do have a bunch of guests here joining us for this awards gala. First off, someone that I have known for most of my life... And he's never actually been a guest on the show, but he wanted to join this party because he is a listener of the show. It's that easy, folks. If you want to be on our show, get into our DMs. But he is my friend, Carl Reine. Carl, why don't you give us the second category in tonight's award show? All right. Well, I have here the best action scene. We have, is it A, the daytime truck heist from the Fast and Furious? B, the car chase slash foot chase slash weaponizing dog slash shooting a gun in the air in Point Break? C, the sword fight between Wesley and Inigo in Princess Bride. D, V, protecting the vase while fighting enemies in Rush Hour. Or E, the aerial dogfight versus alien ships in Independence Day. And the winner is D, V, protecting the vase while fighting enemies in Rush Hour. Right on. Okay, and then from our The Lost Boys episode, we've got Marin Richardson. Marin, why don't you hit us up with our next category? Sure, let's do it. Number three category, moments that are funnier than they have any right to be. A, Austin's post Cairo? Cryo. Cryotherapy. (laughs) Austin Powers. B, who does number two work for slash what did you eat? Bathroom scene, Austin Powers. C, spleen farting and getting humped by a skunk, mystery man. D, male, pale, male, 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 plain joke. (laughs) Didn't you see its little balls from Three Amigos? And E, Bob Barker kicking Happy Sass from Happy (laughs) Gilmore. Oh, oh, man. 
you know, I, I just, I'm randomly going through these categories, and I love that it turned out that I got to hear Marin say, humped by a skunk. <laughs> and the winner is Marin. It is B. Who does number two work for? What did you eat? Bathroom scene from Austin Powers. <laughs> right on. Uh, okay, and let's go to our next category. We'll go to Chris Wells, the guest star from our Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure episode, our Austin Powers International Manor mystery episode and our rush hour episode chris take it away and this next award goes to the special effects that hold up least frost turns into vampire god from blade number two almost everything from mortal kombat annihilation number three almost everything from last starfighter number four michael jordan made into a ball space jam and number five van helsing's vortex from monster squad and the winner is B, almost everything from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> okay, let's do, let's do, Colin, give us number five. Then. All right, number five. Award for the most annoying character. Is it Marcus from Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys? Sarah the Threehorn from The Land Before Time? The Brownies in Willow? Averman from The Mighty Ducks? Or E, Vicky and Kevin from American Pie. If it's not E, then something's wrong. What? <laughs> and the award goes to Marcus. Bad boys. Poor Martin Lawrence. Okay, for our next category, we'll go over to Carly Holm, our guest star from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All right, our next category is Favorite Old Man. Our first nominee is Commandant Eric Lassard from the Police Academy. Our second nominee is Saul, old Jewish white man, played by Eddie Murphy from Coming to America. Our next nominee is Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. Grandfather, Peter Falk from The Princess Bride. And lastly, Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. And the winner is Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. By a landslide. That one was definitely highly voted on there. Right on. Let's go back to Marin Richardson for our next category. Thank you very much, Sean. All right. <laughs> the next category is favorite parent. Mary Ellen Trainer from Goonies and Monster Squad. Lucy Diane Weiss from The Lost Boy. Mom and Dad, Christmas Story. Missy, I mean Mom, Amy Stoltz from Bill and Ted. And Jim's dad, Eugene Levy, American Pie. The award goes to, of course, Jim's dad, Eugene Levy from American yeah. Pie. Another landslide. Another landslide, yeah. Okay, well, next up to present, we have our guest from the Blade episode, as well as our Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory episode, Frank Driscoll. Frank, why don't you hit us with our next category? All right, on the contrary, from our previous category, this is for Worst Parent. The nominees are Cleo McDowell, portrayed by John Amos in Coming to America. Kate McAllister, portrayed by Catherine O'Hara, in Home Alone. Mama Fratelli, portrayed by Anne Ramsey in The Goonies. Eleanor Crisp, portrayed by Carol Baker in Kindergarten Cop. And Stephen Mills, portrayed by Dan Aykroyd in My Stepmother is an Alien. I have no surprise here. The award goes to Kate McAllister, portrayed by Catherine O'Hara, Home Alone. Yeah, you forget your one kid at home twice, and all of a sudden, you know, people <laughs> will vote for you to be the worst parent. <laughs> 
Okay, we'll go back to our listener, Carl. Thank you very much. For the best bromance, we have Del Griffith and Neil Page, or John Candy and Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Johnny Utah and Papas, or Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey in Point Break. Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor, or Vin Diesel and Paul Rocker in The Fast and Furious. Captain Hiller and David Levison, or Bill Smith and Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. And finally, Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. And the winner is Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Okay, let's go back to Colin then. And now the award for the most surprising appearance. Is it the Duke Brothers in Coming to America? Melora Hardin, a.k.a. Jan from The Office in The Rocketeer. Jack Black in Demolition Man. Dane Cook in Mystery Men. Or Seth Green in My Stepmother is an Alien. And the winner is Jack Black, Demolition Man. Applause. Okay, and for our next category, let's go back to Chris Wells. And the award for Worst Actor at Pretending to Do Something. Let's go to the nominees. Bo Bridges playing Nintendo from Wizard. Martin Lawrence driving from Bad Boys. Lance Guest Arcade Machine playing from Last Starfighter. Chris Tucker driving from Rush Hour. And Bastion reading a book from NeverEnding Story. And the winner is... Bo Bridges playing Nintendo from the movie Wizard. Right on. Okay, back to Frank for our next category. All right, this category is for the spinoff we want the most. And the nominees are The Adventures of Beta and The Last Starfighter, a movie crossover between Fast and Furious and Point Break. I've been praying for that. Uh, Fezzik and Inigo as pirates in The Princess Bride. Basketball players with an existential crisis road trip. In Space Jam, I might have mispronounced all those words. <laughs> and a horror version of Home Alone. And the award goes to a horror version of Home Alone. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that, that Fast and the Fear, Colin and I both talked about that in our Point Break episode. And boy, yeah, we would love <laughs> yeah. to see that. But <laughs> okay, for our next category, let's go back to our listener of the show, Carl. Right, in the category of most surprising appearance. We nope, have best, best the Duke Brothers moments. in Coming to America. No, 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 no. You're not doing this category. <laughs> Where am I? Best music moments. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. You got you to cue me up here. I'm, an, I'm a rookie here. Sorry. Are you sure? Uh, are you sure that's water in your flute? Well, that one was. This one's not. Come on. <laughs> All right. In the category best music moments, we have Blazing Saddles, The Mask, Sister Act, Three Amigos, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Carl, we've got, goes to. we've got another tie. Oh, my goodness. We have a tie between The Mask and Sister Act. Right. <laughs> Not a professional. Neither are we. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to Carly for our next category. Carly Holm. Perfect. Our next category is a movie that benefits most from the lack of geography knowledge. Our first nominee is Con Air. Where are the airfields? Our second nominee, Goonies, what's the layout of Astoria versus the tunnel layouts? The Wizard, what is the backlot setup of Universal Studios? Independence Day, where does he crash in relation to Area 51? And finally, planes, trains, and automobiles, what is the driving distance and what interstates are they driving? And the award goes to planes, trains, and automobiles, what is the driving distance? What interstates are they driving on? 
Right on. You got to announce a winner for your own episode. I know. That's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we've got someone who is fashionably late to the party. We've got from our Monster Squad, our Willow, and our The Rocketeer episodes, we've got Mr. Joshua Blum. Let's let Josh announce the next category here. I am fashionably late there, so I guess I should have... uh... Let's see here. Do I? I'm uh, unprepared for this. <laughs> okay. Do I have to uh, do something like uh, read something? Just, just like it's an award show, like you know. And the category is best relationship, and the nominees are. Oh, okay. Best relationship choice A: Chevalier and Lucille and Mystery Men. B: Willow and Kaya from Willow. C: Roger and Trish Murta from Lethal Weapon. D. Urgle and Angawook to the Winch Witch in the Neverending Story and Wesley and Buttercup and the Princess Bride for letter E. Oh, and the winner is letter E for everyone. <laughs> Wesley and Buttercup from the Princess Bride. Sorry, we, have, we, we didn't give you any prep at all. We're already, you know, like halfway through. So I'll figure okay. it out. There we go. Uh, our next category, let's go over back to Marin Richardson. All right. This category is Best Comedic Villain. Count Rugen, Christopher Guest from Princess Bride. We have Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald from Happy Gilmore, El Guapo, Alfonso Aru from The Three Amigos, <laughs> RJ Fletcher, Kevin McCarthy from U8 Depth, and Sheriff of Nottingham, Alan Rickman of Robin Hood. And the award goes to the Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> If you listen to our Three Amigos episode, I had just as much trouble with his name, and I got to edit out a few of my <laughs> attempts at it. So. Alfonso, Alfonso, how, how do you say it, Charles? Arau? 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 I bounced back and forth. Is, is, he, is he Spanish? Because I speak yeah. Spanish, so I wonder if I should be able to pronounce his last name. Okay, for our next category, let's go back over to Frank Driscoll. This award is for Best Serious Villain. And the nominees are Hans Gruber, portrayed by Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Judge Doom, portrayed by Christopher Lloyd in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Cyrus the Virus, portrayed by John Malkovich in Con Air. Casanova Frankenstein, portrayed by Jeffrey Rush in Mystery Men. And Mr. Joshua, played by Gary Busey in Lethal Weapon. And the award goes to Hans Gruber, played by Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Oh, yeah, that one was almost unanimous. I don't know whether that should come as a surprise. <laughs> no. And to round out our villains categories, here I am giving us the next category of best villain team. And the nominees are the Monsters in Monster Squad, the Lost Boys in The Lost Boys, the Fratellis in The Goonies, the Wet Bandits in Home Alone, and Dr. Evil and his henchmen in Austin Powers. And the award goes to The Wet Bandits in Home Alone. Nice. Okay, let's go back to Chris for our next category. And the award for Most Inexplicable Love Interest. The first nominee, Brantley and Christy, Michael J. Fox and Helen Slater from Secret of My Success. The second nominee... Liu Kang and Katana, Robin Shu and Talisa Soto? Soto. Soto from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
Number three, Stephen and Celeste, Dan Aykroyd and Kim Bassinger from My Stepmother is an Alien. The fourth nominee, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha, Val Kilmer and Joanne Wally from Willow. And the fifth nominee, Lance Barton as Charles Wellington and Santi Jenkins. Chris Rock and Regina King, Down to Earth. And the winner is two nominees, actually. Got a tie. Number one, Brantley and Christie, Michael J. Fox and Helen Slater from Secret of My Success. And number five, Lance Barton is Charles Wellington and Santi Jenkins, Chris Rock and Regina King, Down to Earth. Go back to Colin for our next award. And now, the award for most vanilla female lead. Is it Mia Toretto, Jordana Brewster from The Fast and the Furious, Terry, Victoria Jackson from UHF, Stephanie, Ali Sheedy in Short Circuit, Sonia Blade, Bridget Wilson Sampras from Mortal Kombat, or Sloane Peterson, Mia Sara in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? This one surprised me. And the winner is E, but it should have been A. A. <laughs> <laughs> Sloan Peterson, come get your award, please. <laughs> okay, our next category. Oh, Frank's an American. This is a this is going to be a big category for an American. Hit us with our next category, Frank. This category is for best football player turned actor. Nominees are Dan Marino as Dan Marino in Ace Ventura. John Matterzak as Sloth in The Goonies. Bubba Smith as Moses Hightower in Police Academy. Alex Karras as Mongo in Blazing Saddles, and Frank McRae as Spanky in The Wizard. And the winner is the Raiders, John Matuzak as Sloth from The Goonies. <laughs> okay, for our next category, let's go back to Carly Holm. Alrighty, our next award goes out to the favorite animated character, and our nominees are Milo wearing the mask in The Mask. Benny the Cab from Roger Rabbit, the Nerd Nix from Space Jam, Petrie from Land Before Time, and Ducky from Land Before Time. And the winner is Petrie from Land Before Time. Oh, come up here and accept your award, Petrie. <laughs> well, let's go back to Marin for our next category. All right, I'll try my best pronouncing all these names here. <laughs> best rivalry. rivalry. <laughs> Johnny Lawrence and D Daniel LaRusso, played by William Zabka and Ralph Macchio from Karate Kid. John Spartan and Simon Phoenix, played by Sil Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man. Carrie Mahoney and L.P. Harris, um, played by Steve Gutenberg and G.W. Bailey from Police Academy. Kevin McAllister and the Wet Bandit, played by... M I can never say his name. Oh my goodness. Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> Daniel Stern, and Joe Pes Pesci from Home Alone. Michael and David, Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys, and F. Inigo and the Six-Fingered Man, Mandy Patinkin, and Christopher Guest from The Princess Bride. <laughs> and the winner goes to Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso from Karate Kid. Right on. Pardon my pronunciation. <laughs> uh, there were a few. Yeah, Kiefer, not Kiefer. Uh, that that would have been one of them. Yeah, I, I know these people. I I know it's just the pronunciation goes out of my head of their names. <laughs> hey, let's go back over to Carl for our next category. Very good for the most problematic moments category. We have blazing saddles, racial and homophobic language, Ace Ventura, transphobic twist, Police Academy, Blue Oyster Gay Bar, and racial and homophobic language, 
Ben in Brownface, Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit, Trading Places, Racism, including Blackface. I, I don't know we have a winner here, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, okay. D, Ben, Fisher Stevens in Brownface in Short Circuit. I, I never thought of that. Yes, th- this one could be, and the loser is. Yeah, yeah, good point. Solid point. <laughs> Go back to Colin for our next award. And now the award for favorite creature, animatronic, or puppet. Is it Falcor from The NeverEnding Story? Johnny Five from Short Circuit? The R.O.U.S.'s Rodents of Unusual Size from The Princess Bride? Bag from My Stepmother is an Alien? Or Goro from Mortal Kombat? And the winner is Johnny Five. Johnny Five is still alive. <laughs> Hey, uh, for our next category, let's go back to our latecomer, Josh Blum. Josh. Let's see. Ah, worst line delivery. Hey, Happy, the gold jacket's yours. Shooter's going to choke. Random guy in crowd from Happy Gilmore. Perfect sex, please. Jessica from American Pie. Jimmy, no! Will Smith from Independence Day. Touched your breast. Putnam from The Wizard. <laughs> this isn't really fair. That's because of Mike. Lowry, Martin Lawrence from Dead Boys, and you are just a jock. No, wait, you're a jerk. Dennis Wari from uh, American Pie. And the winner is A. Hey, Happy, the gold jacket's to your shooter's going to choke. This is random guy in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> right on. Yeah, when, when we... There's an urban legend Colin seemed to have found out that that guy may have been someone that won a subway contest to have a line in the movie, and makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, and we'll go, we'll go back to Chris for our next award here. And the next award goes to Best Performance by a Child Actor. We got some great nominees here on this list. The first nominee, Dominic from Kindergarten Cop. The second nominee, Phoebe from Monster Squad. Our third nominee, Jimmy from The Wizard. Our fourth nominee, Willow's Daughter from Willow. And our fifth nominee, 3D Glasses Kid from Lethal Weapon. And I will point out there were a couple write-ins on this because I think I phrased the question wrong when I sent it out to people. Uh, We have write-ins for Corey Haim, and we also have write-ins for Macaulay Culkin. But I was kind of aiming for kids that were like kindergarten age. Okay, and the winner is Chris Dominic from Kindergarten Cop. Oh, well-deserved, well-deserved. Okay, uh, for our next category, let's go back to Frank Driscoll. Frank. All right, this award is for Most Unnecessary Character. The nominees are Dr. Annabelle Leake, portrayed by Lena Allen in Mystery Men. Mr. Turkentine, the teacher from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Faisal, is that right? Faisal? Faisal. Faisal, thank you. Faisal from UHF. Monica the Waitress, portrayed by Claire Forlani in Mystery Men. And the princesses from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And the award goes to Mr. Turkentine, the teacher, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. Very fitting. You were one of the people that helped us decide that he was a pointless character in the movie. Okay, let's go back to Carly for our next category. Alrighty, our next category is a moment that still boggles the mind. And our nominees are Family Singing Happy Birthday While Roger is in the Tub from Lethal Weapon. Our second nominee, Gorilla on the Train that ends up sexually violating beaks in trading places. Stephanie's massive menagerie of animals in Short Circuit. Ether everywhere in Bad Boys. 
And last but not least, Throat Ripped Out in Roadhouse. And the winner is Family Singing Happy Birthday While Roger is in the Tub from Lethal Weapon. Yep. The weirdest, weirdest, weirdest. weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely had a lot to say about that during that episode. Okay. Back to Colin for our next category. All right. This is what I'm excited for. The award for best death. Is it Captain Amazing gets turned inside out in Mystery Men? Cyrus the Virus gets launched through a pedway electrocuted and head crushed in Con Air. Inigo Montoya gets his revenge on Count Rugen in The Princess Bride. Duncan Frost gets vaporized in Blade. Or Judge Doom gets melted by Dick and Roger Rabbit. And the winner is Cyrus the Virus. Electrocuted, head smashed in. Yeah, overkill. Overkill was what it came down to for that one. Okay, for our next category, let's go back to Marin Richardson. Marin. All right, here we go. The next category is character with the most sex appeal. Vanessa Kensington, portrayed by Elizabeth Hurley from Austin Powers. Jenny, played by Jennifer Connelly from Rocketeer. Tina Carlisle, played by Cameron Diaz from Mask. Wade Garrett, portrayed by Sam Elliott from Roadhouse. Fort David, portrayed by Kiefer Sutherland from Lost Boys. And the award goes to, it is a tie with Vanessa Kensington, Elizabeth Hurley from Austin Powers, and Jenny Jennifer Connelly from Rocketeer. I was disappointed that Wade Garrett didn't make it any further. No, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That was a sexy man. Colin and I will both agree to that one. (laughs) Okay, let's go back to Carl. Very good. In the category of most stoic and philosophical, we have Mother Superior, played by Dame Maggie Smith in Sister Act, Bodie or Dalton by Patrick Swayze in Point Break or Roadhouse, Azim or Morgan Freeman in Robin Hood, Blade, Wesley Snipes in Blade, Chubbs Peterson by Carl Weathers and Happy Gilmore, or Rufus, George Carlin in Don't Ted's Excellent Adventure. And the winner is A, Mother Superior, played by Dame Maggie Smith in Sister Act. Okay, and let's go back to Chris Wells for our next nomination. And the next award goes to our biggest moment of chills. The first nominee, Anytime Sharptooth Appears in Land Before Time. The second nominee, Trippy Santa Village from Christmas Story. Our third nominee, The Rice Turning Into Maggots in The Lost Boys. Our fourth nominee, Transforming Into Pigs in Willow. And our fifth nominee, The Tunnel of Nightmares from Willy Wonka. And once again, we have a tie, actually. And the two nominees that have won are The Tunnel of Nightmares and The Rice Turning Into Maggots. That's Willy Wonka and The Lost Boys, respectively. Right on. And, you know, I could say that they're probably sort of in the same family. (laughs) Like the cringe element of them. A beheaded chicken, rice turning into maggots. Yeah, both, both are kind of in the same ballpark. Okay, let's go to Carly for... Another category here. Yes, this award goes out to the character that was done the most dirty. Our first nominee is the Bomb Squad agent Johnson, dealing with constant sexual harassment from Carter in Rush Hour. Our second nominee is Coach Bombay, who's fired for doing exactly what his boss told him to do in Mighty Ducks. Next nominee is Schwartz, thrown under the bus by Ralphie, resulting in a beating from his mom in The Christmas Story. D... Or our next nominee, Stanley Spadowski, getting mop taken away in UHF, which is... A Weird Al movie. Okay, it's a Weird Al movie. UHF, the Weird Al movie. Beauty. 
<laughs> and our final nominee, Lance Barton, taken from life a second too early from down to earth. And we also have a tie. Uh, the winners of this category are our first nominee, Bomb Squad Agent Johnson, dealing with constant sexual harassment from Carter and Rush Hour. And Stanley Spadowski getting mop taken away in UHF. Congratulations to both of them. Very comparable tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> Beauty. Yeah. Okay, next up, let's go back to Frank for our next category. Oh, did you call on me? Yeah, sorry, Frank, yeah. Uh, I thought you cut out for a sec, sorry. This award is for most unexpected feels. The nominees are Phoebe doesn't want Frankenstein to go in Monster Squad. The First Lady dies in Independence Day. Dale Griffith has a rebuttal, the famous I Like Me speech from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Riggs is suicidal with a gun in his mouth in Lethal Weapon. And a concert for the Pope in Sister Act. And the award goes to, see, Dale Griffith has a rebuttal, the I Like Me speech from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Right and vote for the biggest feels. We had the No Disassemble from Short Circuit. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, next category. Let's go back to Josh for one more here. Okay, so I believe this is Lucis Cannon. You betcha. Ralphie Parker. Peter Billingsley from The Christmas Story. Martin Riggs. Bill Gibson from Lethal Weapon. Will Scarlett. Christian Slater from Robin Hood. Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler from Happy Gilmore. And Mr. Furious. Ben Stiller and Mystery Men. And the winner, oh, we got a tie. So Martin Riggs and Happy Gilmore. Right on. Those kids. Here we go. Marin Richardson, give us this category, our next category. Of course. The most distressed damsel. Marion from Robin Hood. Tina Carlisle from The Mac. Jenny from Rocketeer. Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. Or Dan Marino from Ace Ventura. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the most distressed damsel in distress is obviously Dan Marino from Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love it. Okay. Right, for our next category, let's go back to our fan, Carl. All right, in the category of favorite character in heavy prosthetics, we have multiple Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy characters in Coming to America, Pearl the Record Keeper in Blade, Grig in The Last Starfighter, Sloth in Goonies, and Lothar in The Rocketeer. And the winner is A, multiple Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy characters in Coming to America. Yeah, that, that one, the soul, the old white guy, that one still blows my mind no matter what. I actually didn't know that until I listened to your podcast that it was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I was educated. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and I, I even posted on our social media after that episode came out a picture of him getting into the prosthetics, and I still can't believe it. So for best person in heavy prosthetics, Billy Crystal was a write-in vote for that one from Princess Bride. So there we go. Oh. That's cool. Okay, our next category is the most banana sandwich ending. And the nominees are We're in a movie. The film reality is shattered in Blazing Saddles. Faisal goes back to his home planet in UHF. Sean Connery shows up for some reason in Robin Hood. Jimmy Durante and a sneeze save humanity in My Stepmother is an Alien. John Kimball is a teacher now, question mark, in Kindergarten Cop. Control Tower on the green during the Masters final in Happy Gilmore. And the winner is We're in a Movie, Film Reality Shattered from Blazing Saddles. And finally, the one we've been waiting for all this time. The big one, Colin, number 40. And now it's the award we've all been waiting for. 
the award for favorite film appearing on the I Used to Like This One podcast. Is it A, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? B, The Princess Bride? C, Roadhouse? D, The Fast and the Furious? E, The Rocketeer? F, Home Alone? G, Die Hard? Or H, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Now, I would like to say that there were two write-in votes on this one. We also have a vote for The Lost Boys and a vote for Blazing Saddles. Who voted for Blazing Saddles? Jordan. I cast judgment upon you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the votes are in. The award goes to B, as it should, The Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So there we go. Uh, that's, That's all I got. I got a couple more write-ins that I'm pretty sure this right. I know where this write-in came in for best musical moments. The Rocketeer was one that was a write-in vote. I'm pretty sure I know who did that one. Uh, <laughs> write-in vote for character for the with the most sex appeal. We had write-in votes of Patrick Swayze and Nicolas Cage for that one. Alrighty, Carl, is there anything you want to promote? I, I got nothing. I'm just hoping you have a strong editing capability to uh, to deal with our announcing. Uh, for for you, it's you keep freezing. So <laughs> I, I've gotten pretty good with editing. So Marin, is there anything that you would like to promote? I don't really know, Sean. I guess I have an Instagram, Marin Richardson Music. I am moving to Toronto, so you'll find me doing gigs and things in Toronto. But you can check me out on Instagram, Facebook if you want to listen. I guess. <laughs> right on, Josh. Give us the name of your show and where people can find you. Well, it's called the 13th Hour Podcast, and you can find it wherever you find podcasts. And it's a mix of mostly 80s stuff, some books and music that I do. And uh, sometimes I'll throw in little things that I make, like random little toys and stuff like that that are from the books. So I think this week's episode, talking about some Rocketeer stuff and making some music. Right on. And the uh, and your handles on the on the various socials? Yeah, I mean, if you look up 13th Hour on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, you'll, you'll find me. Right on. And Frank, is there anything you'd like to promote? Tell us all about you, where to find your show, your handles. All right. Well, I'm the host of Frankfully Honest, a short form podcast that airs episodes every Thursday at uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Eastern time. I actually have a uh, the first season finale will be this coming Thursday. It'll be my last new episode for a bit, but in between that time, I'll be going back and looking at some of my favorite episodes from this past year in a special retrospective series, the best of Frankly Honest, and I'll be back to new episodes uh, come the end of September. Okay. Right on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for joining me for this. Right on. And uh, tell you what, why doesn't everyone just unmute and everyone, like, give a cheer and let's see what happens just for my audio. Yeah. Beauty. Uh, uh, Good going. Right on. Woohoo. Okay. So thanks a lot, guys, though. I do, like I said, I, I appreciate it from the bottom of my, of my heart and everything. I, I really I really appreciate you guys showing up. Yeah, and for sure. Taking the time to humor me with my ridiculously long emails and everything. It means a That's lot cool. to me. So, right I'm on. looking forward thanks. to the after thanks. party now. <laughs> <laughs> Stick the after party on your Patreon. There we go. <laughs>
And I mean, to Carl, thanks for dressing up. I mean, I thought I was going big by putting on my Hawaiian shirt tonight, but I was worried I didn't have a hat. I thought this was like all out gala, like limos, and yeah, we, we all look amazing on the podcast. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> wore a rocketeer shirt in case you. Uh, there you go. That's how I dressed. Oh, up. right on. Nice. Oh, right on. Right on. See, I, I'm I'm in my UHF outfit, right? I'm in my Weird Al outfit. Yeah. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Good night. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. See you. Night. Well, there we go. If you like that show, one thing you can do to really help us out on the business end is, well, tell your friends. Word of mouth is so important for a podcast. We're building this from the ground up, and we want everyone to tell somebody and just help us build our audience because we started at zero. We didn't start with millions of followers like our rival Conan O'Brien, but if you want to go above and beyond and use science to help get us noticed, go to whatever app it is you listen to your podcast on and give us five stars. Doesn't matter what you say, but those five stars, they just help drive up the charts and help us get noticed. And be sure to check out our website, www.isolikethisone.com. There you can find links to all of our podcast episodes as well as our links to our social media we have facebook we have instagram we have twitter go on there check out our memes give us some comments give us some likes give us some shares give us some follows all that good stuff and if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at i used to like this one all one word at gmail.com drop us a line and let us know what movies you used to like and then maybe you'll find us talking about it on our show and patreon if you want to be a financial supporter of this show become an executive producer just like josh blum you can go to patreon.com slash I used to like this one and become part of our Patreon family. I used to like this one is created by, hosted by, and produced by Sean Wells and Colin Stewart. It is edited by Sean Wells, music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band Carter in the Capitals anywhere you listen to music. Thank you for listening. And join us next week when we take a look at another movie on I used to like this one. <laughs>